He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. And welcome back to Asian Cinema Fusion. I am your host, Paul Martinez, and I told you to be back this week with another show. And uh, so here we are with that. We are just, uh, actually, the New York Asian Film Festival begins tomorrow. I'm recording this on Thursday, because on Friday. have not decided if I'm going to the opening night film or not. Um, I usually always do, and I probably will in the long run, but... I had some other stuff going on, so I'm not really sure yet what I'm doing for this opening weekend. Um, I'm sure I'll see something on this weekend, either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Uh, I'm definitely going to be there Monday. Uh, the great Yuan Wu Ping will be receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award on Monday, and I'm definitely going to be there for that. And also, I've seen the film um, Master Z, The Ip Man Legacy. And uh, there'll be another film before that, uh, I, be- I believe it's a Korean film, The Scoundrels. I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head what country it's from. But so definitely Monday I'll be there. I'll see something on the weekend. Uh, it's possible I could see two things on the weekend. I doubt I'll go all three days. So I'm kind of trying to decide which day I'm not going. Also Tuesday. So, I mean, I'm going to be there a lot of days. So, you know, I mean, basically is what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to be there a lot. So... Uh, you know, as soon as we get five films seen, we will uh, record another podcast and we'll try to keep you updated on the stuff we're watching at the festival. Again, the festival is taking place in New York City at the Lincoln Center uh, film at Lincoln Center at the Walter Reed Theater. So if, if you have, if you can't, uh, you know, get down here and see some really great um, Asian cinema, uh, some really uh, interesting films. Um, they pretty much got something for whatever genre you like. If you like comedies, if you like horror, if you like action, if you like martial arts, if you like drama, if you like romance, um, there is something for you. There's even a uh, an animation film, uh, so a Chinese uh, anime film. So I mean, there is something for everyone here. So definitely, if you can, come on down, New York Asian Film Festival. Uh, it's taking place, uh, for the next, it starts Friday, which would be uh, the 28th, and I believe it runs to the 14th, Sunday the 14th, and so, uh, come down, and, uh, pretty sure nothing is sold out as of yet, so, uh, get online, you could, uh, you go to subwaycinema.com, and, uh, or .org, I think, I might, or, you know what, better yet, go to nyaff.org, and uh, you can find out stuff there. You can buy tickets in advance. Uh, the last four days of the festival take place at the School of Visual Arts, a beautiful theater um, downtown. Uh, so you can also come there. And uh, like I said, uh, if you uh, recognize me, uh, come over and say hello. I love to talk to people who listen to the show. All right, let's get uh, going for this show. 
and started off with the first film we're going to review here is Shadow, 2019 out of China, directed by the immortal Zhang Mu. Uh, you would know a lot of his films, Raise the Red Lantern, Curse of the Golden Flower, House of the Flying Daggers, Hero, um, To Live. Uh, he, he's made so many uh, amazing films, Zhang Mu. It's starring Deng Chao, who plays Commander Ziyu and his shadow, Jing Zhao. Deng Chao uh, was in uh, The Mermaid, which we reviewed on here. Uh, he was in the Ford trilogy. Uh, he was in a film called Duckweed, which I wanted to see but never got around to it. Also starring Sun Li, who plays Zhao Ai. Uh, she plays the wife of Ziyu. And uh, she was in The Lost Bladesman, Fearless, various TV series. And uh, also starring Zheng Kai, who plays King Peilang. Peiliang. Uh, he was in the X-Files trilogy. And he was in The Great Wall with um, Matthew Damon. Uh, so he was in that. You might remember, uh, recognize him from that film. And the tagline in this is, Who Leads Who? So... What we have here is a story about a young man who was forced to become a doppelganger for a famous commander, must now become him to free his people. So, when you get a Zhang Yi Mu martial arts epic, you know a few things that you're going to see. Amazing acting, beautiful cinematography, and stylized action. And this was no exception to that rule. Shadow is the type of film... Honestly, I've been yearning to see as of late. I loved Hero, somewhat less than Dear with Flying Daggers, but still, I missed seeing the visual masterpieces. This film had so much working for it. The costume design, which was pretty much all black and white with maybe some gray. And yes, it is a metaphor for our story. And then the rain, the rain that lasted the entire film. But it wasn't just for mood setting. It plays an integral part of the plot. Now, as I said, the acting here was sublime. Uh, Deng Chao was excellent in double roles, but I was very impressed with Sun Li, also known as Susan Sun in some circles. She really uh, impressed me. Um, Many times, her facial expressions alone spoke paragraphs. And, you know, her, her, her... her running story is that she plays the wife of Commander Ziyu, but finds herself more conflicted by her time with his shadow. Uh, that she has to, you know, to keep up appearances and keep the, you know, the subterfuge going that this is really him. So she spends a lot of time with him and it just brings about uh, a closeness that she has with him. Zheng Kai... Uh, as well as a couple of bit players such as Guan Zhao Tong also bought the goods. But this is a martial arts story in a way. We really don't get a lot of it. But what we do get is fantastic. Uh, The big big battle between uh, Jing Zhao and Commander Yang was fairly quick yet ferocious and intense with a fantastic umbrella weapon that was truly badass. Um... We did get a little of the Tai Chi concept here as in order to find a style to uh, compete with the undefeatable Yang. Uh, Jizu needed to learn a more feminine style, like a yin to his yang as it's put. 
All this works so well. It really makes this a well done film. Again, um, just the cinematography and, and the and the visuals. Uh, it, it's just it's at times breathtaking. I mean, really, it's just such a well done film. Sometimes, like a lot of films I've seen lately, a lot of indie type of films, or you know, um, guerrilla guerrilla filmmaking type films, which has kind of become a thing as of late um, in in the movie business. But this was more of a throwback to the classic great uh, stories of of Chinese cinema and and the way it was filmed, the way it was shot, the way it was acted. Um, It's a throwback, and I I really enjoyed it, and I was really happy to see this. Now, the film does tend to be a little verbose early on. And while it was needed to tell the story, I thought some of it was not necessary and took the wind out of the sails at various points. Probably like a good 15, 20 minutes of this probably could have been cut out and we could have gotten a much more concise experience. But still, I'm I'm really nitpicking at this point because overall, I very much enjoy this film and I would happily see it again. Uh, Shadow needs to come into the light and be seen by everyone. I give this an 8 out of 10. Our next film. Unstoppable, 2018 South Korea, directed by Kim Min-ho, doing his feature film debut. Uh, I believe he did some shorts and stuff, but this is his uh, feature film debut here. Uh, starring Ma Dun sok uh, who plays Dong Cho. Uh, you would know him from Train to Busan, The Flu, uh, Chronicles of Evil, which we reviewed on here, The Outlaws. Also starring Song Ji-hyo, who plays Ji-soo, that's Dong Cho's wife, uh, she was in A Frozen Flower. She was in New World. Also starring Kim Sung-oh, who plays Ki Tai. Uh, he was in The Man From Nowhere. Uh, also Tough as Iron, a film I never got to see as of yet. And Kim Min-jae, who plays the private eye bear. He was in The Good, The Bad, The Weird, My Sassy Girl, Commitment. And a few other things. Uh, they tagline for this film is they took the only thing he cared for from him and he'll walk through hell to get it back so what's this about well a former gangster's wife is kidnapped and now he's on a rampage and you know Madan Sok has been criticized for playing characters that are very similar to each other and I have to say I do find that to be the case here um, granted with his size and physique you have to expect more often than not that he's going to play a tough guy. Uh, in this film, he's a bare-knuckle brawler supreme, often knocking men out with one punch. Unfortunately, one punch is a metaphor for this film. This over-the-top baddie steals women, then offers their family money to just, you know, let them go and stop looking for them. No one ever refuses the cash until, of course, our hero... And now he does a poor man's version of the movie Taken as he goes from lead to lead until he tracks down the abductors. It's something that I've seen before, and I've seen it better. The saving grace of this film is the addition of the comedic relief of our private detective. (laughs) At times, it almost seems out of place, but still, he was so entertaining in the role. Um, I openly chuckled. 
I sometimes will watch a comedy and not openly chuckle. I openly uh, chuckle at times from uh, Kim and Jay's uh, performance here. A lot of times when I review a film where I feel the concept was a good one, but I just didn't think it was brought to life well enough. And, I, you know, I'll talk about that. But here, the concept is where I have the issue. The whole thing felt so very contrived from the very beginning. And I'm not going to blame the actors for this. I, I just I just wasn't buying this. Um, just wasn't buying this story. I mean, I know it's a movie and you have to suspend belief. But it's not like I'm suspending belief on a science fiction or something. I just didn't buy this whole thing of this guy just steals people and then gives their family money and they don't care about it. I just don't buy it. But, you know, as for the acting uh, outside of the lead, I thought Song Ji-ho did okay with the little she had. And I really did enjoy her screen presence. Really wasn't moved by King Sung Ho as our antagonist. Um, like I said, the over-the-top, flashy bad guy has been done to death. And he brought nothing new to the dynamic in this. The fight scenes are fun, if not a little unbelievable. But hey, I watch martial arts films, so I'm the last one to judge in that regard. Um, no guns in this, just a lot of hand-to-hand -hand fights, but not martial arts. Like I said, this was like just some bare-knuckle brawling, um, which is different. And in that, you know, in that light, it's a good thing. You know, overall, it's not a bad film per se. But it's really nothing that's going to blow you away at all. Um, if you're a fan of Ma Don't Suck, I would say check it out. Or, I mean, if you have nothing else, you could do a lot worse. But um, I, I don't think this is a film that's going to stay with you very long after the credits roll. I give Unstoppable, a very stoppable, 5.5 out of 10. Our next film, The Places Witch, 2018 out of Japan, directed by... Takashi Miki, uh, Black Society Trilogy, Ichi the Killer, Lesson the Evil, Blade of the Immortal, which we just recently reviewed, um, starring So Sakurai, who plays Suzuki Eoi. Um, he was in Yatterman, Honey and Clover, Kamisama no Karute. Uh, he is a member of the group Arashi. Uh, he's a rapper. He's a radio <laughs> and TV show host. Uh, he was a newscaster. So Sakurai is just like a man of many skills. Uh, I'll just say that. Uh, he does it all. Also starring Suzu Hirose, who plays uh, Maraka Uhara. Uh, she was in Rage. Uh, she was in The Third Murder. I really liked her in that. And she was in a film called My Teacher, which I've still never seen. Uh, Sota Fukushi, who plays Kento Amakasu. Uh, he was in Blade of the Immortal. He was in uh, Bleach. He was the star of Bleach. Uh, uh, he was the star of the Cayman Rider films. And he was uh, uh, co-star of As the Gods Will. And Isushi Toyakawa, who plays Sase Amakasu. Uh, here's a film called Sword of Desperation. He was in the 20th Century Boys trilogy. He was also in New Battles Without Honor and Humanity. And the tagline for this film is, Knowing the future doesn't make it easier. So, a professor is asked to help investigate two separate deaths of people 
dying from poisonous gas in the outdoors. So I was, just to start this off this, this way, I was very excited to see this film as a self-admitted Mike fanboy. But I have to say, I found it hard to sit through. I have come to expect a certain edge to McKay's films. And this one has the edge of a wooden spoon. Even a great young actor like Soda Fukushi is wasted. Everyone looks bored. Uh, the concept of this thriller isn't bad. And I'm sure the novel this was adapted from is quite interesting. But watching this felt like they were just going through the motions. Along with the final 20 minutes of this being so over the top talkative. I mean, verbo verbosity at its best. I mean, I was just like, what? Stop talking. Credits roll, please. Uh, it was, yeah, uh, this, this uh, I feel bad, but this just, just was a chore. I just had to say it was a chore. Now, what we have here, as far as the story goes, is the murder mystery of a touch of sci-fi mixed in. A young man wakes up from a coma, thanks to an experimental surgery, and now has the ability to sense things that are coming using complex mathematical equations he does in his head. And that's fairly interesting. But the way they show it to us is anything but. Um, the acting performances were very underwhelming. Um, as I stated, everyone looked like this was a dry read around a casting table. Um, you know, Soda Fukushi plays the young man who gets these, um, you know, abilities. Suze Hiroshi is a girl who he met and undergoes the same procedure so that she may also use them. And, you know, our lead, uh, Mr. Sakurai, uh, is plays the professor who's trying to figure all this out. Uh, so the mystery itself wasn't that hard to figure out. But I've seen more obvious reveals, but at the same time, it didn't really give you the breadcrumbs that you later either realized or missed. It just was like kind of obvious where it was going. One of the best parts of the film was the cinematography. Um, very nicely done, but that isn't enough to stop me from pausing the film once or twice to check my email. And that in itself says a ton. Now listen, this is not McKay's worst, and it's far from its best. But honestly, I'm bothered to leave the score um, that I'm going to leave because I feel like I'm attacking one of my favorite directors of all time. But in the end, I have to be honest with you guys. I just did not enjoy this, and I gave it a 4 out of 10. All right, our next film, Demons, um, also known as Pandemonium, and you might actually also know it by its native title, Shura. Uh, this is uh, 1971 out of Japan, directed by Toshio Matsumoto, um, who directed a film called Funeral Parade of Roses, which I had never heard before. Um, it's starring Katsuro Nakamura, who plays Gengobe, or Soiman. He was in the film uh, Kagero Za. He was also, later on, he was in films Dororo and the 20th Century Boys. Uh, Co-starring Juro Kara, who plays Sangoro. She was in a film called Violated Angels. Uh, that was like her big uh, claim to fame. Uh, also starring Yasuko Sanjo, who plays Komon. Uh, he was in a film called Outlaw, Gangster VIP. And Masao Emafuku, who plays Hachimon. He was in Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. 
from the 70s. Okay, um, I've actually seen that film, but didn't uh, recognize him. So the tagline for this film is, they're looking to escape from his mind. So what's this about? Well, a Ronin is conned out of his money and now is obsessed with getting revenge. Now, this is a very interesting film. Um, shot black and white with the exception of the opening uh, scene of a sun, hazy red filter uh, that we see a sun setting. And then after that, the entire film is in black and white. Um, it really gave a feel to the samurai films of the 50s. Uh, everything from the set to the way the actors delivered their lines. It was almost like a homage to films like Sanjuro. Uh, but there was something more going on. And there was director Matsumoto's vision. Uh, many times in this film, we get to see a scene and then see it played again in a slightly different way. As if to say the lead character, Gengabi, is struggling with how to handle a situation. Now, think about it. How many times have you had something happen? And then afterwards, you would play in your own mind on how differently you could have reacted to the situation. Well, we are seeing this happen right before us. And it's a bit fascinating when you consider that this was made in 1971. Uh, Katsuo Nakamura is pretty good in the league with this, but the standout to me was uh, Masao Imafuku, who was really good as Gengobe's servant. Miss um, Sanjuro is decent as the kind of woman, so that's Geisha as well. In fact, all the acting was pretty good in my eyes. For those who say that, I never say anything good about uh, acting in older films. I thought the acting was very good here. Another thing that struck me was the visceral violence. Now, that was not so strange for the 70s. But as I stated, everything about this felt like a much older film. And so because of that, it kind of like threw me off a little. Now, I don't want to give anything away. But there's a lot of gore and grizzly depths. Um, but one thing that also stood out was at times we would see a scene playback multiple times from different camera angles. Again, something very experimental and for me it was quite novel. Uh, as for the story itself, I mean, it's basically, you know, basically it's watching a man have everything taken away and his descent into madness. But... Like, unlike the downfall of Daenerys Targaryen in Game of Thrones, this seemed a bit more realistic and, I don't know, not as rushed. So, to summarize, uh, I did enjoy this film. Uh, it was it was different. Kind of an early draft of the revenge thrillers that were so prevalent in recent years, uh, with great sound and visuals. But this might not be for everyone. Like I said, there's a bit experimental here with some of uh, his methods on, on filmmaking. But I think it's actually quite good, and it's something different. And to me, it's something different that's not different in a terrible way makes it good. And I gave this a solid 7 out of 10. All right, it's time for our wild card selection. And this is The Blade, 1995, uh, out of Hong Kong, uh, directed by Choi Hawk. Uh, Choi Hawk... Uh, Big-time filmmaker, he made Zoo, Words of the Magic Mountain. He's uh, the mastermind behind the Detective D films, uh, the Once Upon a Time in China films, Seven Swords, uh, starring Vincent Zhao, who plays Ding On. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he overtook for Jet Li in the Once Upon a Time in China films four and five. 
He was in the film Body Weapon. Uh, he was in True Legend. Uh, Black Sheep Affair was a big film for him, but this was probably his most well-known role. Um, also starring Moses Chan, uh, who plays Arnie Head. Moses Chan, uh, best known for probably Young and Dangerous Part 2 and Purple Storm. Also starring Hung Yan Yan, who plays flying, the flying dragon Young Fai. Uh, if you watch the Once Upon a Time in China films, he played Clubfoot. Um, also was in the film Shaolin with uh, Jackie and Andy Lau. And The Final Master, which we reviewed on here. And Song Lai, who plays Ling. Uh, she basically was known as a TV actor. She was in a film called Fighting Fist, which I never saw. And uh, the tagline for this film is, Half of him is deadlier than all of them. Uh, so what's this about? Well, this is basically a remake of The One-Armed Swordsman. So yes, uh, this is a retelling of the classic Wang Yu film. And while it pales to it in some ways, it surpasses it in others. Uh, the original story was much more linear and clean. Here it gets murky and a bit convoluted. Vincent Zhao, for a while after this was released, was being touted as like the next Jet Li. And that never really materialized. But his martial arts techniques are superb. And that is where this film works. Now, Mr. Hawk shot this with a real frenetic style. Um, and sometimes it works. Others, not as much. Because I feel sometimes we're not getting a good enough idea. How could I put this? Um, we're not, I don't think we're seeing the martial arts in all its glory. I mean, these are great martial artists fighting. The frenetic style... I think takes away from us marveling at their skill. Still, though, it was different and quite exciting at times. Um, uh, the the uh, the the final fight scene is simply superb, and it's probably almost worth the price of viewing it by itself. Um, that's how good that final fight fight scene is. So, um, but one of the downfalls was Song Lai's completely grating performance. Um, it was so annoying. I almost think Choi Hawk purposely made it this way. I mean, he had to. This was at times painful to hear her whining and those ridiculously bad facial expressions. I, I, you know, sometimes I'll say it was so bad it was comical. No, it wasn't even so bad it was comical. It was just bad. Moses Chan does a fine job here. I thought he was actually pretty good. Um, in his role. Uh, Vincent holds his own, but honestly, I was never the biggest fan of his acting prowess. Uh, Hung Yang Yan, though, is excellent as our villain. Uh, very charismatic, and, you know, if you love him as Clubfoot, you're going to love him in his film as well. But again, uh, you know, as I said, this is a film for the action fan. Some epic bloody battles here, and at times a bit more brutal than usual. Uh, but this was a bit more in-your-face than the original. But, the original had a certain nuance that this never truly captures. So, you know, it's kind of like a, a tit-for-tat situation here. Um, I could definitely understand some people liking this more. I could definitely understand some people liking the original more. Um, they're, they're just different, and I think they both have strong points and weaker points. As for the story, uh, the, it's basically about a young orphan learns that his father was killed by a famed killer for hire. He gets jumped while looking for him, and he, in the ensuing battle, he loses his arm. Uh, he winds up lost and taken in by a young vagabond girl, and he starts a new life. But of course, 
you know, trouble will come find him. And when he finds an old Kung Fu manual, he uses it to adapt to only having one arm. And, well, the rest is history. Uh, again, uh, fantastic fight scenes. Um, there is some training sequence, uh, the training sequences. Uh, so that's a little bit of a throwback to the old uh, Kung Fu films. I, I, I definitely did not think the acting was a strong point at all here. I just found, I found Vincent Zhao to act in this film like I think he's acting in every film I've seen him in, which is a bit too stiff and too robotic for me. And um, I always felt that he was trying to be Jet Li. Because, I mean, Jet Li always did that stoic thing, but that was Jet Li's thing. And I just don't think that it's that easy to uh, to duplicate. And so um, I don't think he does here as well. But this film is heavy on visuals and action. And like I said, it's a little light on acting, and its plot will get a bit derivative at times. But this is one of Choi Hawk's best films, and it's well worth watching. I give The Blade a 7.5 out of 10. And that's our show. Uh, the next time you hear me, I will be talking New York Asian Film Festival. Uh, so get ready for that. Um, not sure uh, you know, what, what the films are going to see. Again, this weekend, I'm still trying to figure out. But uh, definitely Master Z and Man Legacy, The Scoundrels, uh, and a Japanese film called The Fable. Those are most probably be on the next show. And we'll see what joins it. And uh, you know, to stick around, like I said, Two, two episodes uh, this week and probably another one in, uh, in about a week from now. So uh, <laughs> if you're getting sick of my voice, I'm sorry. Uh, this time of the year, we, we, we definitely let the shows come out a bit quicker. So uh, just stay tuned. And, you know, I just always, as always, I want to say thank you for listening and bye-bye.